Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. believing for? What is it that you actually are believing for? Are you believing maybe for the opportunity to go to college, maybe the college you want to go to? Are you believing to go for, uh, believing for a new job? Maybe you're believing for a, a, a new house, a new car, a new spouse. I mean, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, not, a, not a new spouse, a spouse, right? <laughs> I'm going to get that one right. Uh, yeah, someone's going to say, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not raise your hand. Or, uh, uh, you know, maybe you're believing today for your parents. Maybe it's a healing in their body. Maybe, maybe it's uh, that they would come to salvation in Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe today you're believing for your children's lives to be changed and turned around through the power of Christ. I don't know what it is, but... What is it that you're believing for? That's a, that's a great question, and it's a question that you need to ask yourself. What are you believing for? And so today as we talk about this, we started this, and I, last week I started giving you this phrase that we're going to use for a long time because I don't want you to ever forget this one. And it's coming up on the screen, and it says this. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. My words are the steering wheel of my life. Come on, let's say it one more time at home as well. So let's say it together. You ready? Come on. My words are the steering wheel of my life. So your life's going to go in direction of your words. There's two words that I want to teach you today that you know, but they're powerful words. And sometimes we forget to invoke these words. We forget to declare these words, and we forget to uh, live by these words. And so they're coming up on the screen, and I want you to say them with me. Let's say these two words together. You ready? Come on. Let's say them. I believe. Oh, didn't that just feel good when you said that? Come on, let's say it with a little more energy this time at home as well. Let's say it. I believe. I believe. Notice, notice what happens when you say, I believe. All of a sudden, it begins to release something inside of you to where hope begins to come alive. And in, a, in, a, in a, an environment in which we're in right now, many, especially younger people, are saying, I, don't, I, I feel that there is no hope. And I hear, I've heard people in their, in their 30s and, and late 20s that have young children say, I feel that there is no hope. Let me tell you something. There's hope when you believe. Amen? Amen. And hope, hope comes out of belief. I can't overstate that. I would say that every miracle begins with two words, I believe. Amen. Every, every miracle, get that, every miracle, every supernatural happening happened with two words, I believe. I believe. And so today I want to talk to you about how to strengthen what I believe. I want to give you three things today that I do believe will strengthen uh, that, uh, what you believe. I think it will help you. And so the first one, let's just go ahead and dive in. It says this. Number one is say I believe. Just write that. Say I believe. If you have the outline, you can write that down. Say, I believe. Jesus said this way. Look, Jesus said in Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said, all things are possible for the one who what? Believes. Believes. For the one who believes. 
Not the one who says, I got this, but the one who believes. Not for the one who makes the most money. No, but for the one who believes. Not for the best looking among us, which I know you wouldn't have to look far for that. Are you kidding me? That's a joke, just by the way, in case you're wondering. What you got eyes, you can see. <laughs> it's I believe. Jesus said, all things are possible for them to believe. And I'd like for you to look at this passage with me before we move on. This passage, uh, we're going to throw that verse back up. Mark 9 and 23 is coming back up on the screen. Look what it says. After Jesus says, would you read those, last, those next two words? Right after it says, Jesus said, there's next two words. What are they? Ready? Let's, what are they? Let's have them again. All things. Come on, everybody. All things. Jesus said, all things. Now, let me just tell you something. I don't know what all covers in your world, but to me, all is all, right? Amen. That means all things, everything. Jesus said all things. You know, your marriage, that's all things. Your finances, that's all things. Uh, in your uh, relationships, that's all things, right? Amen. It's all things. Jesus said all things. And then what's the next two words? Let's read them. You ready? Are. Let's say them again. You ready? Are possible. All things are what? All things are what? All things are what? All things are possible. Everything in your life, right? Everything that you think, I don't know if that can ever happen right now. Jesus said all things are possible. So today, here's the great news. You do not have an impossibility. You do not. All things are possible. He didn't stop there. He said all things are possible. All things are possible to the one who what? believe. So that's you. If you believe, then all things become possible. If you don't believe, they're impossible. But the moment that you begin to incite, I believe, then things become possible. Listen, it's hard for something to become possible that you keep saying, I don't believe that'll ever happen. Amen. When you speak to it that way, then it's probably not going to happen. But when you say, I believe my marriage can live, yes. I believe I can fly. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today, people. It's just good. I just get to see you. I just love you so much and so wonderful. There's a guy by the name of uh, Norman Vincent Peale who was an author and also a pastor. And he would, he would say this in his writings, and he would encourage everyone to do this. He would say, every morning when you get up, you should look in the mirror and at least say three times, I believe, I believe, I believe. And when you do that, he said, when you do that, what you're doing is you're inciting faith into your day. You're saying that I know that God has got what's before me today, and he's going to change what I cannot change. He's going to do what I cannot do. Would you say those words with me, those two words? Would you say them with me three times? Those of you at home as well, let's say it. You ready? Come on. I believe, I believe, I believe. When you begin to do that, faith begins to grow. And that's what God wants for you. He wants your faith begin to grow. I believe, I believe that God is my father. I believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of my soul. I believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, empowers me. I believe that SCC is in, in the world for such a time as this, that God's going to use our church to be right now in the middle of everything that's going on to be a game changer for the whole community and the county and the country. I believe God's hand is on us and with us and for us. I believe God's for you, with you, and with God is with you all the time and for you. I believe, I believe. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, I believe that one day 
one day we'll live in a nation where people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the con content of their character. I believe that. Amen. And, and listen, I know we're going to talk more about this in just a moment, but I just want to tell you something. God is up to something in the middle of controversy. God is the only one that takes horrible things and turns them to good. And God right now is in the middle of doing something good in the middle of all the bad. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Amen. I believe. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. Look what it says. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Talking about God. For he who comes to God, what's that? Must what? Believe. Must believe. That's the only criteria in coming to God is that you must believe. The only criteria to open up the supernatural is I must believe. They must believe that he is and that he rewards. He is a reward of those who diligently seek him. I have one question I want to ask you right now. What have you stopped believing God for? What is it that you put the brakes on and said, I, I just don't believe? Because whenever you put the brakes on that, and whenever you say, I don't believe, then all of a sudden you stop the hand of God. I would challenge you today is that you would declare in that situation, even though it seems impossible, you declare, I believe. I believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's say our statement has come up again. You ready about my words? Here we go. You ready? My words are the steering wheel of my life. One more time. My words are the steering wheel of my life. My words are. They drive my life. The second thing I would say to you is this. Number two is stop asking myself what I believe and start telling myself what I believe. Amen. Oh, boy, this is so good. I started to call you at three this morning. This is good. This is good. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Abraham. God, God used him in such a great way. I'm starting to read the Bible over again. I try to read it through every year, and I was a little delayed this year, so I'm back in Genesis again. And you don't go very far from the beginning. You open up the Bible, you get to Abraham. And Abraham was a God that God chose to start the whole Jewish nation. And so God told Abraham that when he was a younger man, like in his 50s and 60s, that, you know, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he hadn't had any children at that point. So he said, you know what? He's 50 years old, hadn't had a baby yet. He said, I believe. You know, I, I, I'm 50. I still believe. Hallelujah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, we've got to move from that. I understand you. But anyways, <laughs> welcome to SCC, everybody, <laughs> where it gets real, right? Okay, so anyway, he goes on. You know, so he gets a little bit older. You know, he gets to be about 75, and God says, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you're going to be the father of many nations. And he's like, you know, I believe. <laughs> I believe, you know. And he begins to continue to say, I believe. And look what the Scripture says here. Look at this. Romans 14, it says this, talking about Abraham. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. What's the next word? Believing. believing. That's right. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about how old? <laughs> Listen to what he said. About 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. <laughs> and so was Sarah's womb. He said, I saw her go through those hot flashes. It's over. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Here we go. Abraham never, what, wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. What I want to show you here is this. Is that, you know, 75, no baby. 85, no baby. 
And now he's getting close to 100 and still no child. Now I want to tell you something. The Bible says that Abraham did not waver in his faith. But I want to to show this with you because there's a difference between what I'm going to say, wondering and waving, wavering. In our minds, we wonder about a lot of stuff, right? Like, man, I just wonder if this ever is going to happen. I wonder how that happens. You, you know, are you following me right now? The word wonder, right? Like, I just wonder if this is ever going to happen. And I want to share with you that Abraham spent many days and many nights wondering, right? Wondering, how is this going to happen? And like, he's like, you know, dear God, you know, Lord, uh, hey, now Sarah's, you know, she's, she's got her own room right now. She can't stand me to even snore. You know, I, I mean, we, our bodies just don't work like they used to. And it's just, a, I just wonder, how is this going to happen? You know? We ain't even together. Hello? <laughs> okay, you're getting a picture. So he's wondering, right? And many times in your life like that, when you're praying about something, it seems like there's no way. It seems like things are going the opposite the way they should be going. And your mind's going to wonder, will this ever happen? Can this ever happen? Let me tell you something. Just because your mind wonders does not mean your faith has to waver. And so Abraham, his mind wondered. But and when his mind would wonder still at the end of the day, when all those doubts would go through his mind of wondering, at the end of the day, he'd say, he'd say I still believe. I believe that God is God, I believe God can do what he said he can do, and I believe God. I believe, I believe. He's, he quit listening. He didn't, he didn't ask himself, do I believe? No. He said, I do believe, right? You can't ask yourself what you believe because your mind wonders all the time, and you'll believe. This day you'll believe. The next day you won't believe. Finally, you have to say, and through all the wondering, I believe, I believe, I believe. Amen? And when you begin to believe, all things are possible. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in that tent that night. I do not know. Maybe Sarah put her teeth in. I have no idea what happened. And, and maybe, maybe he had an oxygen tank that we don't know about, but something happened. And when it, when it happened, it happened. Amen? And when it happened, guess what? When that something happened, there was a new thing on its way. It was a baby. Amen? Because God said that it would happen. And in all of his wondering, he held on. Because you wonder doesn't mean your faith has to waver. You can still wonder and not waver in your faith. Amen? You see, I believe, I believe, you, I believe, you believe. Listen, never let your doubts tell you what you believe. You tell your doubts what you believe. You say, I am a believer. I am not a doubter. That God said it, that settled it, and I believe it. Amen? No matter what I see. It's a great story in the Bible about that. And, you know, there's something that will help you more than anything else. And that is this, is that you get around other people that believe. Because when my mind's wondering, I need somebody around me that's not wavering. Amen? Amen? When my mind is going like, oh, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. You know, when I'm, believe, when I'm thinking about that, this may never happen. I need somebody around me that's not wavering in that moment. Yes. And that happens through church. That's what church is all about. And I want to challenge you. Listen, those of you that are watching online as well, if you've not made a connection with SCC, then we want to make a connection with you. And we call that growth track. If you've not taken growth track yet, please do it. You can do it online. Listen, just sign up on your connection card there, or, or you can just message us, whatever you like to do. We want to get you the information because we believe that you need a group as well. You can sign up for one of our small groups now. Be around people because when you're, waver, when you're wondering, you need people that don't waver, and that's what the body of Christ is all about. I challenge you, please sign up. 
especially now. We need people more than ever in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. So you can do that on our website as well. So let's say, let's say this again. You ready? Our words are coming up on the screen. Let's say them. Here we go. It's coming up on the screen. There we go. My words are the steering wheel of my life. My words are the steering wheel of my life. And I want to challenge you to let your words be, I believe. It changes everything. It changes your whole day. It defeats depression and gives hope. The third thing is this. Number three is let love be the fuel of my belief. Let love be the fuel of my belief. This is pretty cool here. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he had friends. You know, we know about those friends that were very close to him, but we're told of other friends that Jesus had. And there was a family that he was connected to, brothers and sisters, and there was three of them. It was uh, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. There were, three, there were three siblings that were very connected to Jesus. And Martha was, Martha was like the fixer of the family. I mean, you know, like whenever the problem, she'd run to it. She'd run and say, you know, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to take care of that. I got this, you know. And so whenever Mary had an issue, you know, she'd run to take care of Mary's issue. When Lazarus had an issue, she'd run to take care of his issue. Well, Lazarus got sick, and she began to try to take care of his issues. She, she tried to get, make him better. You know, she tried to nurse him to health, and he just kept getting worse. And she realized that he was very sick, and there was nothing else she could do. So Jesus was in a town nearby, and so she sent some people and said, go get Jesus. You know, we're friends with Jesus. Go get Jesus, and he can come take care of Lazarus. He can heal Lazarus. Well, Jesus didn't come immediately. Matter of fact, Jesus stayed there where he was, even though the messenger had come and said, Lazarus is going to die. And so Jesus stayed. So Lazarus ended up dying. I mean, he, he's dead. And, and, they, and they, they had the funeral. And it had been four days since the fun- they had the funeral. He'd been dead four days, and they had the funeral, and they were still mourning. And here comes Jesus walking into the town to where Mary and Martha are. Their brother had just died, and they're, and they're, they're, they're grieving. And, and I want you to know that as Jesus walked into the town, Martha had some words for Jesus. Okay? She had some words for him. Now, I'm about to give you those words right here. And I want to tell you, look what it says in, in John 11 and 21. It says this. It, it says, Martha said. Now, it, it wasn't Martha said. No, it Martha said to Jesus. No, you come here. I got something to say to you. Yes. I mean, it was Z formation. <laughs> I'm telling you, she was like, Mm-mm-mm, I got something. I got to tell you. You get over here right now. I don't know who you say. I got something to say to you. Yes. That's what she was mad. She said, Lord. That ain't what she wanted to call him too, but as she said it, <laughs> Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, it's your fault. If you say who you are, you are, then you could have been here and healed it, but you're not. You wasn't here. Why wouldn't you come? We sent for you over days ago, and you had time to get here, and you refused to come. Why did you not come? She was mad at Jesus. This could have been the moment that Martha stopped believing in Jesus. This could have been the moment that she lost her faith, this could have been a moment because she was disappointed and let down by the Son of God. Let me ask you something. 
What are you struggling with? What disappointment are you struggling with right now that you've been let down and disappointed by God because you asked him to come and he has not come and he did not come? What are you struggling with? Because the greatest question you're ever going to have in your life that you're going to have to answer is that can I believe in this moment? In the moment that I don't see him, in the moment it looked like he forgot me, in the moment when it looks like he didn't care, am I still going to believe in that moment? Will I believe in that moment? That's what changes your life is will I believe in the moment of disappointment? Will I believe? When you answer that question, it changes everything. And so here Jesus picks up. Look what he says. Here's Jesus. You see, when somebody's yelling at you, you got to be calm when you talk back to them. And so Jesus begins to speak to her in a tone that is pleasant and one that she will hear. Because when two people are screaming at each other, nobody hears anything. Amen? Boy, our world needs that right now, doesn't it? When we're all yelling, nobody hears. Look what happens. John 11 says this, 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives, lives and what? Believes. Believes in me will never die. Here's the question. Do you believe this? He gave her one more opportunity to declare what she believed. Here's the response. Yes, Lord, she told him. What's those two words? I believe. Say them again. I believe. One more time. I believe. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Mary chose to believe in spite of her circumstances. Are you willing to believe in spite of your circumstances? She chose to believe in spite of her circumstances. You see, uh, it was Mary, it was Martha whose faith seemed to be dead. It seemed like it was all over that she didn't believe anymore. But she declared, I believe. And I want you to know this. When Martha raised her voice and she declared those two words, I believe, she raised her faith. Did you hear that? When it feels like that your faith is dead on the inside of you because things have not happened that you have prayed and that you have asked God for and that they have not come to pass, it may seem like things have gotten worse or something may have died. Maybe it was a marriage that died in your, in your life. Maybe it was a relationship with someone that died. Maybe your finances died. I don't know what died in your life that made you feel like that he's still, he's not the Savior and that he can't do this. I want to tell you, when Mary raised her voice and she declared those two words, Jesus decided to raise her brother from the dead. When Your job is not to raise in your life the things that have died. Your job is just to believe. And if you will raise your voice and declare, I believe, I believe, I believe, you'll release the power of heaven and earth and God will come in and God will raise what you think can never be alive again. He can raise a marriage back to life again. He can raise a relationship with children back to life again. God can raise a job back again. God can raise an economy back again. And God can raise up people that will love one another all over again. Amen? God can do it. God can do it. If you don't start amening better, I'm going to amen myself. Because this is good preaching right here, amen? And it's not just good preaching, it's good living. Because you, you need to declare it. I believe. 
I believe. I believe. I will not. I will not go down like this. I'm going to believe. Amen. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe that it is when we choose, when I believe through the power of love that Jesus still raises things to life. When I believe. And again, I can't say it's, you know, the reason that God raised Jesus from the dead back to life is because he loved us. It was all about relationships, right? The only reason that God raised Jesus from the dead was to restore relationships. Every time that God resurrects something is to restore relationships. And I want you to know that that's what God wants to do. And it is through the power of love that God restores relationships. I believe through the power of love that God wants to restore relationships. I read this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. It said this. It says, I believe that the unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. He said yes. that. I believe that, don't you? Yes. I believe that. And listen, I want to speak to you just a moment about what's going on in our world. There is, in this environment in which we live, there is chaos that is, that is, that is happening from people who do not want peace. Meaning that, meaning that there's news sources that, that are constantly trying to keep us mad at each other. And I want to tell you something that God has intervened and is intervening. I want you to know that the death of George Floyd has changed everything. I want you to know that we have noticed what has happened to him and others that have gone before him. He died an unjust death. He should be alive today. We are all in agreement with that. Everybody in this room and everybody that's seen the video are in agreement with that, that that man should not be dead. We're all, there's no denying that. We all agree. And I want you to know that he might have died a hideous death, an unjust death, a torturous death. But I want to tell you what, he did not die in vain. Because I want you to know that God has used his life to restore something. George, George Floyd's life has moved the needle more than anything else I've ever seen in my lifetime toward ra- racial reconciliation. I have had more conversations this week with people that are, don't look just like me about real issues that we've never been able to talk about before. We have went below the surface and now we're getting to heart issues and, and we're hearing each other's heart and we've been able to talk like never before. I'm telling you that God is up to something big. God is the only one that can take bad and turn it to good. And with the media and everybody is saying, oh, this is going to divide America. I'm telling you not. It's going to bring brothers and sisters back together like never before. I see it happening. I see it happening. Let, let me just say this to you. Listen, you are special people. You know why? Because you've decided that by coming to this church, that you're not going to go to a white church or a black church. You're going to come to God's church. And what I mean by that is this, is that what I mean by that is this, is that, you know, here... In God's church, that means that you, you don't, you know, and when we go to one side, we say, okay, everybody looks like me. You can say whatever you want to say because you're not going to offend anybody. And you go to the other side and everybody looks just like this person. They can say whatever they want to say and it doesn't matter because they're all on the same page, same, same, same culture, same thing. But when you get in the middle and you say, no, I'm going to throw myself right in the middle. At that moment, you become a servant of God that guess what? You begin to bring people together and you said, everyone 
one of you has said, I'm going to go to a diverse church. And because you're here today, we are, we are the light in this community right now. They're looking at us and saying, how do you do it? And we say the way we do it is because, listen, I never want you to see me as a white man. I want you to see me as a godly man. And I don't want to see you as a white woman, white woman, black woman, black man, white man. I want to see you as godly people. Why? Because we're not white and black. We are one in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's who we're known for. We, we're known for Jesus. That's who we're known. We know that we love you, and he loves you, and I love you, and we are a church that love is building. It's not, you will not divide us. We will stand together. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Listen, we are coming together like never before. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Have a seat. I got more to tell you. I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, Pastor. I have been so privileged, so privileged to be able to go and officiate a wedding. And everybody in the room didn't look like me. And the couple that was there didn't look like me. And I've seen them get the eyes and people give them the stink eye. You know, like, what are you doing? You know, why, why is this person here? I could feel the tension, but they honored me and they said, that's my pastor right there. I'm proud of my pastor. I've officiated funerals to where everybody did not look like me. I was the only one that looked like me, but the people that the family was there, they honored me. And they stayed right there in the middle of all the tension. They said, that's my pastor. They've honored me. And I want to tell you something. You've honored me and I'm going to honor you. I will never turn my back on you no matter your skin color. I want you to know that we're one in Jesus. I don't care if you're Asian. I don't, I, don't, I don't care if you're Hispanic. I don't care if you call yourself black, white. It doesn't matter. We're all precious in Jesus' sight. And this church, we will be, we will be the tool that God uses. Amen? I'm telling you that God is moving right now. He's moving in this land. He's changing hearts. He's breaking down walls that we can never break down. And God is doing something. And he's called SCC. He's called us in this hour and this moment to stand together and show the world that when you love Jesus and you love God, all things are possible to them that believe. And I tell you today, I believe that we will live in a community and a world that will work together and live together. And we will see you for who you are, that you are men and women of God, and that's all we are, is God's children. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me now. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is on the move right now. Oh, the world says it's bad, but God says, no, I've got this. He's bringing us together like never before. Hallelujah. God is in this. God's in the middle of this. He's changing. He's moving. God is doing it. Oh, I got to tell you, I was with some older men yesterday. Older men that, that you know, grew up in a very racial uh, divided area back in their day. I mean, early, early, you know, 40s and 50s. And I heard them talking like I'd never heard them talk before. And they were recognizing the wrong that's been done to our brothers and sisters of color. God is doing something. What years of preaching of a pastor saying this or reading the Bible didn't seem to do, all of a sudden what God took this moment to do, he's changing the hearts of men and women. He's stripping it down, and we are saying we love each other, and we're going to work together, and we're going to walk arm in arm, amen? God is doing a work. 
Now, I want to say one more thing before I get off this stage, because if I stay here, I'm just going to keep on. Listen, God's chose us. He's chose us to be in this community and to show what a church should be like. And you know what? We're going to quit. We're going to start talking to one another and quit running from each other. Amen? Amen. Just because the person of color moves in beside me doesn't mean I'm putting a for sale sign in my yard. Amen? Amen. I, I, know, I know I'm in the real world right now. We got to be honest that God's created us to be together. Amen? I want you to know something. You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot love until you cannot love unconditionally until you've been given unconditional love. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. And I want you to know today that God wants you to have it. And if you do not have it right now is your time. If you do, and the only way you have unconditional love is you have Jesus Christ right now moving in you. And you ask him to come into your life and save you. And so right now I'm going to pray a prayer. And those of you that are watching online, I'm asking you to pray it with me. And those in you in this room, and today if, you know, if there's something that's not right, maybe you prayed this prayer when you was in Sunday school when you was three years old, but you know it's not been real. Today's the day it gets real that we can walk forward in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, I come to you because God, right now I'm asking you, Lord, just like everyone in this room, God, that you would forgive us. Lord, that you would cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And every motive that we have has not been pure toward our brothers and sisters because that's what we are, oh God. I ask you to forgive it. And Lord, for those right now that do not know you, they're praying this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I need you right now to save me. God, I believe, I believe, I believe and that you will move right now. God, save me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, listen, I want to help you. I just ask you to text me in this room. You may you send a text. It's, it's coming up on the screen. Our, the, you're going to text the words that simply say, follow Christ to this number. You can take a picture of that. Whatever you want to do, just text me so that I can give you some information to help you in your journey. Because we're on a journey, everybody. Amen? Amen. Listen, God is starting a movement, and we get to be a part of it. And we get to be a part of what God's going to do. Isn't that wonderful? God's chose us. Isn't that great? And he's chose us to be a part of that. Next, next Saturday, I'm going to be, uh, we're going to do a walk of uh, unity next uh, Saturday with some other churches down in McDonough. If you'd like to be a part of that, come on. But I, I got some people, pastors that don't look like me that we're going to be walking arm in arm together and just saying that, you know what? We will not be divided. Amen. We're standing together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.